It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The front stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white local racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And our first, uh, second show of the week uh, in the new year, right? I don't think yep. we've done it since probably November or December. Yeah, well, well, about the time the Phoenix race. Yeah, and I think we picked a good week to decide to do a second show because... NASCAR has kind of dominated the news on Wednesday, and uh, we'll just jump right into that. We talked about it on Tuesday's show, and on Wednesday morning, NASCAR announced uh, pretty big penalties for Hendrick Motorsports. The drivers of Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, and William Byron were all docked 100 points and were penalized 10 playoff points each. Crew Chief Cliff McDaniels, Alan Allen Gustafson, Rudy Fugel and Blake Harris have all been suspended for four races. NASCAR also fined each one of those crew chiefs $100,000. And Hendrick Motorsports was fined 100 owner points and 10 playoff points for each one of their cars. I did not list, uh, is it Josh Berry that was filling in Josh for Chase? Because he's not running for points and cups. So. Right. He did, however, uh, lose his crew chief. Well, the nine car lost crew chief and uh, lost owner championship points as well as playoff points too. So huge penalty for the Hendrick Motorsports team. And this was all because of those pesky louvers. You know, the win still counts for Byron. Mm -hmm. So that's still a win somebody else doesn't get, you know, to qualify for the playoffs. I mean, I'm still interested to see exactly what was wrong with these parts. I know there are no touch parts, but Jeff Gordon said we did nothing to them. This is the way we got them. Mm Mm-hmm. It might be on NASCAR to prove that Hendrick did modify him. I, yeah. I don't know where it'll end up, but. Well, and that's an important factor of this. the same thing for Justin Haley. And it's an important factor of this too, is that Hendrick Motorsports has announced they will be appealing this penalty uh, on several points. I can read those here in a little bit. So the points aren't reflective yet. Those points will be given back to the teams and uh, the crew chiefs will be allowed to race this weekend at Atlanta until the appeal is heard, which when we recorded Wednesday evening, I don't believe any date had been set. But uh, in the statement I saw from Hendricks, they said they're going to go ahead and start serving the suspensions, the crew chiefs are. Oh, really? That's the article I saw. So, Hmm. you know, supposedly that came from Jeff Gordon, who's basically the day-to-day operations guy now. And you'd said you're curious as to find out what was illegal about these we know in the past that NASCAR probably isn't going to release that information because they don't want teams to go out there and uh, try to circumvent these being discovered. Yeah. Well, you know, when it gets down to it, they need to say what the hell was wrong with, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I mean, if it's a deal where it's down to, you know, thousands of an inch or something, You know, that could be there just wasn't enough uh, uh, powder coat put on the part. I mean, there's so many things to look at here. Now, if they're a quarter of an inch off, I'm thinking Hendricks did something to them. Yeah. You know, 
But, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon said the suppliers, this is what they sent us. This is what we put on. And I would assume Monday was probably spent measuring if this is a single source part. So NASCAR sends these parts out to the teams. NASCAR may have gone around to other teams and measured theirs and checked their supply and measured that. And maybe they found enough of them within compliance that they felt like there was enough of a, of a story there that they believe Hendrick Motorsports modified these in some way. I mean, to me, it's still suspicious that they went through inspection and NASCAR let them practice with the part and then came back and took it. Mm-hmm. I never saw that happen. I saw plenty of parts taken in inspection, but they didn't get to go practice with them. And then they came back and took them. That part is really odd, you know, uh, and then they just took another part and went out and still dominated the race. So mm-hmm. I, there's just a lot of really screwy stuff in this deal. Yeah, it's a little odd that they did let him go out and race. According to the Hendrick Motorsports uh, statement regarding these penalties, said on Friday at Phoenix Raceway, NASCAR identified louvers on our race cars during a voluntary inspection 35 minutes after the opening of the garage and prior to on-track activity. NASCAR took possession of the parts approximately four hours later with no prior communication. The situation has no bearing on Saturday's qualifying session or Sunday's race. To me, that part is null. I mean, it doesn't matter if they tried something and it wasn't successful. If it was a detriment to performance or a benefit to performance, doesn't matter. Illegal's illegal. Well, but that's not what Jeff Gordon's saying. Jeff Gordon said they, you know, they were all right with the part, and then they just come back and took them and didn't say anything to us. You know that that is odd. NASCAR normally tells you what the hell they're doing. Well, uh, did they, did Jeff want them to call over and be like, "Hey, Jeff, we're coming to get those parts that we believe to be illegal. We'll be there in approximately eighteen minutes, so Jeff's got time to go switch them out, or the team does. I mean, they're going to show up like the FBI that they're through your door before you realize they're there. I'll guarantee you, Dan. I've been there. I've okay. never seen that happen before. So when NASCAR calls ahead and lets these teams parts. know that the the parts they believe to be legal are going to come and get confiscated. I've seen them take them right there off the vehicle. Once they think they're bad, they take them. Yeah, and they you don't and me agree. We, to practice and then think about it for four hours, then come back and take them. We agree on that part. Them, you and I agree on that part. You know, that that is a weird part. It was it was somebody reported something, and I don't know. I mean, we're it's all hypothetical, but maybe NASCAR will talk about it in the future. Who knows? But uh, Hendrick has decided to appeal the penalty, like we talked about, said that it's a single source part uh, mandated by NASCAR supplied to the teams and that it clearly did not match the design submitted by the manufacturer and approved by NASCAR. So that Hendrick Motorsports is saying that's on NASCAR Uh, documented inconsistent and unclear communication by the sanctioning body specifying uh, related to the specifically related to the louvers. And recent comparable penalties issued by NASCAR have been related to issues discovered during a post-race inspection. So they don't feel like they should be hit with this hard of a penalty because it was a pre-race thing, a pre-practice, pre-everything thing, and uh, that they don't feel like NASCAR communicated what the illegal part was uh, enough. So, well, and and I I'm right along with them. I mean, I'm not a Hendrick fan. I got no, you know, no dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. But they didn't wait for another inspection to come take the parts. That's to me is the weird part. That's the part that does make no sense. Normally, if they let the car on track, even if it's just practice, 
with an illegal part, that car usually goes to the back. See, they're not, they didn't do any of that. You know, well, yeah. In, in, what you're talking about there is like illegal body mod, unapproved body modifications. Unapproved any part. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Do you think uh, Hendrick has got a pretty good chance of winning this? I do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get a bunch of stuff reduced that they possibly don't take it to court and say, prove that we changed the part. Yeah. You know, and again, I, I, I don't, since I don't know what, the actual difference is again. I said, is it is it three thousandths of an inch or is it a quarter of an inch? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the manufacturer's got to have some type of tolerance deal. You know, so they're not going to send something out that's off a quarter of an inch. It ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. If that's the case. Hendrick touched them. I don't care what they say. Hendrick touched them. You know, but if it's three thousandths of an inch or something, I mean, you know, it co- goes back to when Matt Kenseth got caught with that illegal motor that, you know, was, I don't remember what, one or two pistons in his engine were, you know, three grams out of 600 grams. So <laughs> yeah, it was, know, one two hundredth. It was such an insignificant so, amount that pretty much everybody in the industry believed that it probably put the engine out of harmonics and was a bit of a detriment. Right. And then NASCAR finally agreed and, you know, dropped the penalty. Yeah. I think you they know, reduced it, didn't they? He still had, he still lost. I, I don't think he lost any points or anything. I think there was just a small fine involved, you know, yeah. and kind of Toyota kind of took the blame on that because Toyota provides the the major Toyota teams with the engines. Right. And that's kind of the part where I did it. I did disagree with the nature of the rule in the hint in the uh, Kevin dang, in the Matt Kenseth situation is because Matt Kenseth, the crew chief for that team and Joe Gibbs racing had nothing to do with that engine. They're not allowed to Toyota provides the engine to the teams team puts it in the car. They go out and race, you know, well, and it's, you know, it's along the same thing. Was it last year when I don't remember, was it Bowman and chase Elliott that put in each other's each other's engines for some oddball reason Yeah, yeah. the year before, maybe, I don't know what happened recently. I want to say it was last year, but that was just one of the screwier things I'd ever heard of. If yeah. the engine's legal in one car, it's legal in the other car. What difference does it make at that point? That's my opinion. Yeah, obviously that's not NASCARs. Well, and I always go back to if Hendrick Motorsports is ever suspected of doing anything, I mean, literally they could pull a Rick Hendrick or a, a Rick Havenridge and paint their tires pink. And I'm thinking, what do they know? Because th- they've got a pretty long history, especially in that '48 team with Chad Canals' crew chief of doing some really doesn't look like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's illegal, but it, 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 there's a benefit somewhere. Yeah, and they're no, so far ahead on that stuff. Got, then. 48 got caught, caught blatantly cheating numbers the, the of stupid, times. Yeah. The stupid thing that Chad Canals did was the one time when they got caught, he goes, I've been doing it seven years. <laughs> if he would have just said, okay, you know, he wouldn't have had a, uh, what do you get a three or four race suspension and some other stuff that mm-hmm. never would have happened to him. Well, in Ray Evernham, I mean, talk about the the T Rex car at the All Star race. Well, but that's that's a whole different deal—a non-points paying race. But that know. car was planning on running Charlotte until Tuesday after the All Star race, when well, NASCAR yeah. called Hendrick and said that car's illegal. Anyways, you know. that's one of my favorite stories is when uh, it's they call uh, they called Ray Evernham to uh, 
to the, the NASCAR hauler and said, you need to call your boss and tell him that car's illegal. Ray said, that car's not illegal. And they looked at him and goes, it will be on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other penalties uh, doled out on Wednesday afternoon. Danny Hamlin gets slapped with a 25-point penalty and a $50,000 fine uh, after he basically did the same thing you're talking about with with um, uh, Chad Knauss. He went on Dirty Mo Media and said it wasn't a mistake. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the article where he basically says exactly what happened. Um now, I can summarize it, but basically he realized that he was kind of a sitting duck starting. I think he was restarting fifth and Chastain was restarting to his outside in sixth. And they both had two fresh you tires. What's that? They had used tires, right? I thought they had two, but maybe they were just unused. But either way, he said, I knew I was a sitting duck and that I was probably going to finish mid-teens. So when I went down into turn one, I decided... I'm going to uh, let it go, and he's coming with me. And he said the part that he really screwed up and he really regrets is that he didn't play it right, and he ended up getting pinned. Uh, he was uh, – Chastain was between me and the wall. So my car got all screwed up, and I lost a bunch of positions for my team, which was stupid. Uh, he used a four-letter word after that that I won't bother using. But uh, NASCAR got a hold of that audio and then decided to slap him with a 25-point penalty and a – um, $50,000 fine. So I went negative in points and Denny has announced he's not going to be appealing the penalty. Uh, so I'm definitely getting hit with a 25 point fine or wait, did I get 26 points on Sunday? I don't I, remember what you got. I think I got 26. Yep. I'm already back. <laughs> Son of a gun. Yeah. I got 26 points on Sunday. So I will take, I'll walk away with a whopping one point after uh, the penalties have been applied later this week to the Pickham's contest page, and I will uh, maintain the 74th position. Well, anybody that took Larson, Byron, or um, uh, Bowman, Bowman. Or, or Justin Haley is going to end up, um, you know, Larson will be negative 48 mm. points. Wow. I think, I think Bowman ends up with negative 41. And I don't, or uh, Byron, I mean, gets negative 41. And I'm not really sure where Bowman, what Bowman had for points. Um, and I'm not sure where Justin Haley ended up either. So one person in the Pickham's contest took Alex Bowman. One person took William Byron. 12 people took Kyle Larson. That's going to be 12 people that are going to be hurting if this penalty sticks, which I think you and I both agree. It's probably there's going to be some sort of penalty that's going to follow through, but it's not going to be the uh, full amount they just doled out. That's 14 people that are going to be hurt. One, one and 12. That's yeah. just 12. Um, so we talked penalties for NASCAR. Um, the other big one to talk about is. Uh, Beatrice Speedway announced like 10 minutes after we finished recording on Monday night that uh, spring nationals had been canceled. They said they may try to reschedule it, possibly a makeup date, but I, I just think with that as cold and cruddy as it is, um, going it's going to be very difficult for them to get anything in. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to get anything in. 
And it, plus, you've got a very small window to do this. They always schedule the spring nationals early March because if the weather is nice, they're going to get a massive amount of cars. Uh, but if it's not, you tend to run into other specials and regular seasons starting, including their own weekly racing starting. So it's going to be very difficult for them to find a date. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't you know. I hope it happens for them. I really yeah. do. I, I don't think it's going to happen that way. So stay tuned for that. We'll have any information if they do announce a makeup date for that. That's all the news I've got. Do you anything else you need to talk about? Uh, no. Um, nothing really on the local level or anything I've seen from NASCAR. Uh, like I said, I'm still trying to dig back through. I thought I took a screenshot of that when I saw that Harvick penalty, but as you and I both talked, um, we possibly think that, um, somebody meant to type Haley and got the HA in there and it, you know, auto filled Harvick or whatever. Yeah. So that, that could very well be the possibility because I haven't been able to find anything about Justin Haley. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a small fish in this whole ordeal. And he's the one that's going to hurt the worst. I mean, a hundred thousand dollar fine for Caleb racing is, is going to put a big dent dent in their racing operation this year. Well, they're going to have to, uh, uh, sell a few more gutter guards, you know, leaf filters or whatever. <laughs> you know, maybe they sold enough to cover it when they had the booth at the auto show. I don't know. <laughs> One can only hope. All I know is there's a whole bunch of trouble with that company. They've, they've got a bunch of lawsuits going on for not paying contractors. You know, just one of them deals that happens in business. So leaf guard. Yep. Hmm, that's too bad. I need to find something. I'm about sick and tired of being on my roof every two or three weeks just before rainstorming, cleaning up my gutters. Well, they make several different options. And uh, I mean, I know guys that I installed some stuff when I was doing that kind of stuff that nothing quite elaborate as uh, the leaf filter system. I mean, it's like a four part deal, mm -hmm. but you know, where they're charging, I don't know how much a foot, but I'm sure it, I'm sure it ain't cheap. You know, I was installing stuff that was, you know, uh, four bucks a foot or whatever installed and it worked just fine. Yeah. So the only goofy thing that on, on the stuff that I installed, it just looked kind of funny because when the helicopters had come down, the seat end would fall into the hole in these deals. Mm. And so it looked like a bunch of Indian feathers across the front of your house. <laughs> uh, sticking up. Uh, I don't have any of those in my neighborhood, oddly enough. Yeah, well, so this probably wouldn't be a bad deal for your house. Maybe not. It's uh, something you could go buy and install yourself. So. <sighs> Fall off the roof. That's what I need. Oh, just stall it from a ladder. Your roof ain't that high. <laughs> I'm over to my house and borrow my 16-foot extension ladder and go up and do it. Put it on the Tesla? Drive it over the Tesla? <laughs> oh, you don't have to do that. I mean, you just mount, you know, you put it on the ground. Your house ain't... What no, I mean, how do I get it from your house to mine? Yeah, that's a whole new, well it would probably fit in that tesla with the back seat down yeah, maybe. maybe it's only eight foot i think it would go caddy corner uh, no. i think that's going to do it for us in turn number one chris brown just around the corner chris brown motorsports marketing uh he is the man behind uh the promotion and some of the ideas at shelby county speedway as well as photography and uh just kind of trying to generate ideas in the uh, local industry, local racing industry, we're going to talk to him in turn number two. Uh, as it is raw, it's about 50 minutes long. 
I'll see how much I trim it down tonight when I'm editing it and getting it ready for publication. But just a fair warning, you may want to go to the bathroom now because I certainly had to after that interview. Uh, Friday is obviously St. Patrick's Day. Everybody go out and have a good time. Get yourself a green beer. Get yourself a Guinness. Be smart about it, though. Uh, If you've had too many or you think you're getting to that limit, just pull up the Uber or Lyft app. I don't care if it costs 40 or 50 bucks to, to Uber home. It's going to cost a hell of a lot less than a night in jail and a whole hell of a lot less pain. Uh, be smart and be safe out there over Labor Day weekend or over St. Patrick's Day weekend. And then this Sunday's race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, two o'clock green flag coverage is on Fox. It is the Ambetter Health 400 at Atlanta. And uh, I did notice one thing that I, I probably want, I want to talk about. They should cover it Sunday on Fox, but the commitment line for uh, for Pitt Road at Atlanta is now the down on the apron, the flat part of turn three. So there's no more diving off turn four and, and getting into uh, Pitt Lane. And, and to be honest with you, I don't remember exactly where it was in Atlanta before. Oh, it was but, just like Texas or Kansas City or anywhere. Yeah, it was. You know, it was in turn four. Yeah, they moved it all the way back to turn three now. So it's going to be a slow entry to Pitt Lane, and we may have some issues with drivers missing the commitment line. Remember, all four tires have to be inside the uh, the orange box. I don't think they leave the cone out there anymore. You know, uh, they're definitely not going to leave the cone out if it's in turn three. So we'll see what happens. Orange box, pink box, some high-vis color for the box. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Chris Brown, just around the corner on the front stretch. We'll be back. Hey guys, Stan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. Time for another World of Wheels interview presented by Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs. Big thanks to those guys for bringing us uh, all of our interviews at the World of Wheels Car Show. And, of course, thank you for continued support. Uh, our second longest sponsor on the front stretch. First, obviously, being our title sponsor, Joe's Carding, that uh, is our great partner that helps uh Keep the operation running. When we want those nice, fancy hotels in Kansas City, Joe's Carding says, go for it. We got plenty of money. They do? Well. Then why are we staying at the <laughs> six? Because it's right next to the Waffle House that you and No, no, the, no. James that loves so dog. much. That was, that was a road dog. Or not road it's dog. It's James. James yeah. yeah. The blind dog. <laughs> <laughs> the blind dog. The guy that could see the future. 
Uh, great, another couple of days at the uh, 2023 World of Wheels Car Show presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Make sure you guys get uh, the information for the 2024 show. Get your advance tickets at a discount at O'Reilly Auto Parts. That's all assuming they do that again this year. But great show. A lot of people coming around. I think uh, it'll definitely be back for next year. Joining us on the show now, the man of many talents that I am quickly learning, uh, maybe too many talents. Chris Brown, how you doing, bud? Doing really well. Good, good to hear you. This is a lot different doing this with, like, in the middle of stuff going on. Yeah. So it, if I'm, you know, looking peeking around. over at this Cheval over here, if you got to pull me back into the oh, interview. Don't worry. There's several times I've had to mark the recordings to go back and delete silent moments because the interviewer stopped talking, but there was some um, <laughs> I can't uh, nice canvas walking by. Canvas sure. is the term I'm using this year that uh, I've had to edit that out so it doesn't. Get me, in trouble. It get me in trouble with my lovely girlfriend. More interview, less surveying. Right. Well, this has actually been a decent spot considering yeah. what we thought we were going to have. The very first year we had our own booth, they were chopping a top on a car, right? Literally right where that booth is. So he's over there with hammers and grinders and saws. And then around the corner was where the band set up. <laughs> so we literally shut down for, what, two and a half hours that first time? Yeah, we had to cancel we had so all many these interviews. To do all these interviews. Hey, can you come back tomorrow? Can you wait until nine tonight? Well, the show closes <laughs> at eight. Well, it is, and it's still in our contract. Like with the, the contract with the company that puts this together and sends it here every year, uh, it says uh, uh, company will provide 10 by 10 booth electricity and will not put the front stretch near any noise audible noise because <laughs> so, it's it was, i was like you know we we had a great time at the auto show but we didn't get to do anything we were hoping to do because there was they were literally cutting the top off of a car and then welding it back together and grinding it and how many how many years ago was that now five uh, five well we were trying to decide if we've been here six or seven but it was the second year but yeah. our first year with our own booth yeah yeah so we were, i've only yeah. been here once we were here um which has maybe been four years ago when when we Tony here. was here, we were here. Tony Stewart? Yeah, that was yeah. maybe three years ago. That might have been that literally everything might have shut down right after that yeah, show. That, okay. That, it shut down Saturday night about 7 o'clock. It was when the yeah. pandemic kind of hit oh. Omaha. <laughs> yeah. During the show. Yeah, it's it's, kinda, they, they made the announcement. Yeah, we were talking about this on another interview. that We, we, would, we had stopped doing our interviews and we'd packed up. And we were getting ready to leave and they made the announcement that Sunday's edition was canceled Omaha was closing due to COVID and yep. I mean literally that everything shut down after that we hit because we stopped and because we were just leaving to go yeah. that day and we were going to come back and get set back up we had to turn around and, and pack everything back up and oh, everyone had that, to leave no they made us come in Sunday morning oh, that's, that's all they right. let that's us right. do yeah. they yeah. wouldn't let us leave Saturday night because <laughs> the show was supposed to go till 10 yeah you know none of the guys had their trailers here or anything like that so what an ordeal Wow, what That's a different crazy. world! I, did, too. I, I looked back at that and didn't that did not cross my mind that all that. Yeah. It's like that scene in the movies where you're driving away and everything's exploding mm -hmm. behind you. Look in the rearview mirror, like, yeah. oh wow! But let's talk uh, Chris Brown. Uh, obviously, of Shelby County Speedway, but so much more than that. Uh, you and I got to see each other quite a bit on Friday nights as you took over. Uh, pictures for the uh, final season of I-80 Speedway. Talk a little bit about that and some of your experience and, and what you were able to kind of glean from the final year. You know, that's um, the I-80 was a special place to shoot, you know, um, just because of the, the configuration of the track, the way it sits uh, in relation to the way the sun sets. And, I mean, Nebraska is a, is a nice, relatively flat land, so we get pretty spectacular sunsets if it's clear and um 
there just aren't any any tracks around that that if you want to do the work to move around the facility, um, you just can't. It's hard to explain. It's just not accessible. Uh, other tracks aren't accessible or or situated in that way that that you can really um, push your your photography work, you know, a couple steps forward, and to be able to work somewhere that was that gets a lot more attention that has a significant amount of following. I mean, you're involved with the Facebook page and stuff there, so you know, you know some of their analytics and stuff. Um, to be able to put my work, you know, up front in a time that it's getting more attention than normal because it's it's you know it's the finale um, was a big deal. So it pushes you to work harder because you know the stage that you're that you're on. So that was that was the biggest deal for me was was trying to push myself, knowing that the audience was bigger, and um, I wanted to show that that I am you know, a serious photographer in this yeah. area. Do you have a go-to <laughs> spot at a racetrack that you kind of like to start at and take pictures? No, I mean you're just following the light, so it's. My practice, I'm trying to do all I can to tell the story of the whole night. And, and I, it's easy to get off track because of uh, a certain situation. If, if the racing is a certain way or if um, the lighting's a certain way or if, there's, if it's cloudy, if it's this, if it's that. But I, I, I attempt to tell the story of the whole night. So if I do put up a gallery, I, w- I want to show how many fans are in the stands. I want to show the opening ceremonies. I want to show... Um, at least like the the field coming at you for the heat races so you can see how many cars were there and, mm-hmm. and kind of um, show the 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 pack tightly together um, it's really it's really circumstantial but a lot of it's just chasing the light because you are trying to use as much natural light as you can for as long as you can because when it gets dark these tracks are dark and it's it's hard to shoot in the dark you either shooting with super high iso or you have to rely on your flash and i'm just not a big flash photography person because it doesn't while you can light your subject and it it looks lit up that when i look at that picture that doesn't that's not what it looks like to be at the track and so that's kind of my i'll use flash for a little more artistic expression i guess but um I, it, it's dirty in the air. It's dusty in the air. It's there's a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, I'm trying to get that emotion out of it. And shoot, I mean, there's nights where it's 35 degrees out, 40 degrees out, and I am just not in the mood. <laughs> I yeah, blew, I blew a huge shot this year. My camera locked up on me. Uh, I was asked to get one specific shot at the World of Outlaws for uh, Chad, the pace car driver. He's like, I've always wanted a picture of me bringing the four wide to the you know, around the front straightaway, I'm like, yeah. no problem. I go up by the caution light out of, out of turn four, sitting there waiting. He's in the perfect spot. New camera, just lo- just only time it's ever done it. And when it finally triggered, he was past he was past mm-hmm. the frame. So it was, I, was I, I told him, I go, you do not know how much this is going to bother me. Like this will bother me for years. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. When well, I got asked to shoot sponsors. Uh, you know, I want a real good shot, you know, with my car moving with a sponsor. Yeah. I always went to one or three because that's the slowest place the car is going to be. Right. And yeah, that's part of it, too. Corner, yeah. You know, and 
that was kind of the only thing that I ever perfected with the with the dirt track stuff. Yeah. Anything else, like you said, dust used to kill me. Oh man, when when sunset would get so dusty. I mean, you'd get your the first time it happened. I got all these pictures, and I'm going, I don't remember it being foggy that night. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was all dust. But yeah, it yeah. shows if when you learn about photography and how a camera works, that is when you realize how amazing the human eye is. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The the what your eye is able to do with light and balance things out for you when it, when a camera is like, no, I can only do this one. I can do these these three things at one time and it only works one way. Um, the human eye is a and spectacular it, thing. The the photography for uh, Chris Brown Motorsports Marketing yeah. is, uh, is just the tip of the iceberg. I have, uh, anybody that is on my Snapchat or is personal friends with me, knows that I have, I said probably about 60 times last year that Chris Brown is my spirit animal. You help maintain the IED page and more heavily with the Shelby County Speedway page. I have had a eternal frustration with people on Facebook pages since I started helping with Eagle and I-80. And I've always stopped myself, like I'll type up a message of what I want to say and then I delete it. <laughs> But you find a better way of putting it, but it's still kind of sharp to where you're like, my classic example is posting on Harlan's page, hey guys, uh, racing starts at 5.30. And then somebody inevitably can't, uh, comments, it's raining in, in, Har- in, uh, in Carroll. And I'm just like, that one person, you have no idea how detrimental it is to the racetrack when you post that. Uh, but you'll kind of fire back at them and, and you'll be like, well, we don't race in Carroll. And it's dry at the racetrack. Yeah. And then somebody inevitably says, well, it's going to be raining in an hour. <sighs> yeah. Thank you. You just, you just lost me 15 <laughs> grandstand tickets. Thanks and, for uh, seeing the future. Yeah. And, 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 but the more frustrating nights is like at, at Eagle when I'm going on kind of a tangent here. I apologize. So feel free to find a question in wherever I'm, I'm going with this. I'll think but, about it. <laughs> but it, the nights that there was one night that everybody was saying it's going to rain at Eagle, it's going to rain at Eagle. And we're watching the storm come in, and it split and went right past Eagle. Yeah. It pounded Omaha. We had horrible car count that night and horrible uh, uh, attendance that night and I blame it solely on the Facebook meteorologists. It's tough. We had a night like that as well. It was actually the um, fair night for SLMR and um, it was it was kind of misty out early and it was just it was just had a dissipating trend like there's n- it's showing that it's not developing like it's it's continuing to fall apart mm-hmm. and it's just moving in other areas and, and not necessarily even super close to the track per se but the problem was it was we knew that we were going to have to start a little bit late you know um and uh with slmr you've got guys coming that you have your kind of local contingents that that they're maybe an hour to two hours away or inside that radius. And then there's a whole nother layer of them beyond that circle that will make the drive. 200 miles But away. that's a huge expense for them to right. turn around and come. You can't, you're not just cre- – this, this isn't the, the, like my high school days where we would put five bucks of gas in the car and just yeah. drive around all night. Right. And so, so that was – um, the fan count was okay. The car count was was – was hurt by that but you know we um this industry as a whole the our target market um 
they're they're a group that you can typically kind of fire back a little bit at, and and I just want everybody to know, like from from my standpoint on that page is like we're all in this together, mm-hmm. you know. And if I can show you kind of the ways that you can be detrimental versus just being a concerned citizen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with the guy. I don't remember who it was, but somebody posted on Facebook, you know, when you start trying to argue with these people, I mean, you're, you're going to gain absolutely nothing. I know you really cut back. Yeah. Really cut it, back. But the guy said, remember the kids that ate the paint in your kindergarten class? That's who you're arguing with on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, these, you're, there's an aspect of it where I think they mean the best. Yeah. And I really don't think they understand how detrimental it is when they post that. They're, they're probably posting it. The cynical side of me says they're posting that it's raining in Carroll because they want to be the ones getting the information out that it's raining in Carroll. <laughs> they want to be the ones with the knowledge. It broke the big story. Right. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and actually, what you ended up doing was... Stopping a couple of drivers from loading up their car and heading our way, uh, and and, it, and that that hurts. This is an industry that that is made makes or breaks a night on a couple of cars. It does, and that you got two or three nights that ten cars made the difference, and you may not have a season next year. It's a very fragile industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, very fragile. People do not respect how. I mean, I knew it was, before I started really getting involved in the, in the tracks, I knew it was fragile. Um, I, now I know how fragile it really is. Like and then this entire, the, the majority of the motorsports industry is, it truly is, on, on no matter how big the scale is, like it's, it's pretty paycheck to yeah. paycheck. Yeah. And then you have the scammers. <laughs> how bad do they hit you guys? I, I keep a pretty close eye on that, so I will actually go into the Facebook page and I will I'll boot out new followers. I'll boot out anybody that likes the page. So I'm I'm doing that weekly, mm. um, going in and checking to see who's who's liked the page or who's followed the page. And so I'm pretty vigilant on that. But it's got to be an automated type of thing that people get. Yes. Yeah. And and it's 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 keyword targeted, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's like if someone says the word, types the word streaming on your post, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, <laughs> you uh, almost got to take the post out and be like, "Do not say that word." Yeah, <laughs> and we we fought with it. I, I I tried my best, and I don't I don't think I, I I didn't bring the right tools to the table. I would inevitably just delete and block them. But they're an algorithm. They're a computer yeah. system. So they, yeah. would, they would just create another pro- – in yeah. five seconds, they'd be back up. Yeah. But I'd be walking through the pits, and my phone would not stop vibrating because people were commenting on the I-80 page or the, or yeah. the Eagle page. And you, you literally can't get on there fast enough and delete and block them. And, and it's a shame when somebody comments, hey, I put in my credit card, but I, I don't see the streaming service anymore. And you're like, you're going to want to reach out to your credit how, card company. How, yeah. how are we not – catching up on yeah. you know that these are this is <laughs> this is not a thing stop stop well, falling for this yeah i mean <laughs> when you when you're wanting to watch a race in harlan and you live in say des moines or yeah. you live in omaha wherever yeah. you're going to try and stream this race mm-hmm. why would patel be streaming this <laughs> first off yeah it's you i i i i'd be very careful about this cuz we could toe a line of sounding racist, racist. Exactly. but 
Somebody with an Arabic name is most likely not streaming a race in Harlan, Iowa, or Eagle, Nebraska, or, or Greenwood, Nebraska. Exactly. And you know. there was a, but a large majority of them were of Muslim or Arabic last, uh, names, uh, or Middle Eastern names. And there was a couple of them that were, that were plain Jane American names. Yeah. And it took, but those people were generally the ones that would comment that they lost a family member that week and they couldn't use their tickets for the race. <sighs> <laughs> that's another one where I'm like, okay, that's a little bit more sly. Yeah. And if I delete, because I made the mistake one time. Yeah. I'll tell the story with we, we, back when we used to do birthdays at uh, at Eagle, and I had somebody post, "Will you please uh, say happy birthday to my to my kid?" Yeah. And put the name in there, and I said, "I don't believe I will, but thank you." Yeah. And she messaged the page privately and said, "Why won't you?" And I said, "Come on, that's a fake name. It wasn't. It was a real name." <laughs> You'll have to write it down for me and slide it across the table so I can. It was, yeah, it's so I, I, you have to be very careful with those because a lot of this stuff can be very sly. And, but yeah. anyways, it's, we're getting into the, into the race season. So these are probably lessons that we need to start putting out to people of like, please just, the page will tell you if we're streaming. Well, and you always, you always do it, you know, on your Facebook Live before the yeah. races, whether it was I-80 or Eagle, wherever you were at. You know, you always put it right on there. Nobody is streaming this race. Yeah. So if you see something that says they are, just ignore it. It's not happening. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's sad that the, you're, as a, you're forced to do things a certain way, so many mm-hmm. ways, or, or buy advertising or whatever, and you're, you're forced to, your content is basically forced by social media algorithms to be clickbait. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and that's annoying. I don't always oh, want to yeah. be that way, but there's I certainly play that game. I mean, you've you've seen posts that I'll put up where it's clear like I am clearly fishing for comments. Mm-hmm. Why? Not necessarily because I mean, I do think it's a little bit funny sometimes and it is how many people take the bait? Yeah. Sometimes is funny sometimes it's like yeah i did the right that that worked and then sometimes it's like super disappointing like come stop it was there. Was why did you guys all fall for the but it makes a, it'll yeah. make a post really yeah. popular and that's unfortunately like if there's information i need you to see then i'm probably gonna have to say something in there that's gonna be like that yeah. chris what is he talking about I, I have a guy that i follow to that exact point the clickbait stuff drives me crazy and you and i have talked about oh, this yeah. with clickbait articles uh I could you could see them coming from a mile away, and if you pause and reread it, yeah, that feeds into the algorithm. If you click on it, it yeah. feeds into the algorithm. Yep. To Chris's point, if you comment on it, it feeds into the algorithm. Social media is looking for engagement. That's the easiest way to understand it. So, I I have a guy that I follow on YouTube that does Tesla videos. Teaches like he talks about the latest news of Tesla, how to how to proper ways to maintain it because it's a different way of maintaining an, an internal combustion engine. But all of his posts are uh, Tesla negative stuff. Tesla did it again. Uh, <laughs> Tesla, yeah. massive drop. Uh, you know, that we, kind of stuff. We knew it would happen. Yeah, you knew, you listened, <laughs> watched the entire 25-minute video, and he mentions nothing about it. Yeah. And I've messaged him, like, why do you do this? And he goes, because I get five times more exposure that pays my bills yeah. because of because I'm a Facebook contributor, or I'm a YouTube uh, uh, contributor, uh, when I do clickbait articles like that. When I do clickbait titles, I get five times more traction off that. And I'm like, I hate that, but I get it. Yeah, there's a photographer that yeah. I follow that does, has a Facebook page, a YouTube channel, and all of his social media posts, because he'll shoot 
Canon will send him products to use. Nikon will send him products to use. Sony, whoever it is. And so he's constantly testing out. He'll have two or three different camera body manufacturers with him and, and go shoot these big events. Major League Baseball, he does a lot. Um, and all his titles are like, Sony, major mistake, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I mean, I, fall, I know what's happening. Yeah. I fall for it. You do. It's, it, 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 the, the annoying thing is, just like scammers, it right. works. Right. That's the reason why it keeps happening is because it works. We need to probably take the TMZ approach with our Facebook page yeah. this year. Let's just do a year like two that. In the whole, like the whole Eagle page. I just want to see full-blown TMZ style. <laughs> do, a, do like shove microphones in faces. Of well, not like that. Just like from, a, from what to get people to click on the, yeah. on the articles. Because yeah. they, they go to great length to like they have full write-up of who does that mm-hmm. at the track. Who does all the, like the big write-up of how the night uh, Racy does those. Okay. Yeah, that, that's all her, uh, her. She handles all that. I can't type that much. I'd get so many things wrong in those. I'm blown away by yeah, that. Yeah. I read that. I'm like, how I could not. I would have to go back home, watch the tape of the race like 10 times to oh, put uh, all that together. Those are, you mean the, uh, the recaps on the races? Yes. That is um, Greg. Um, That's old school. Yeah. He's a newspaper writer. Yeah. And he does articles for, I think, the Lincoln Journal Star. And then he, yeah, he publishes those, and sometimes they get published on their website, sometimes they don't. Those are highly impressive. Uh, next thing I want to talk to you about is the streaming animal. Uh, I went with, I've, I've had many a conversations with Joe Kaziski about this, and he was dead set against streaming for a long time because he believes that if he offered streaming, regardless of the price, that uh, it would turn people away. And I, I think to a certain extent it does, uh, but... But it serves more people outside of the area that can't get to the racetrack, and 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 I, we'll go down a little bit farther than that. But how, do you feel like streaming is a detriment or a benefit to to dirt racing? It's a detriment, number one, to my pocketbook. Like, there's your Facebook post right there. You know, Harlan is not doing streaming because it's a detriment. Then you open it up and it's like, well, it costs you money yeah. just to join all these things. I mean, you're on imcatv.com or imcatv.tv. And you're on flow racing, and yeah. you're on, you know, the, the list is never, never ending, right? But, you know, we're in a position with Shelby County, and I just had a streaming conversation yesterday about um, some opinions on this whole thing. But we need, we're in a position that we need people that are only going to come to Shelby County to maybe a, a touring type of series event. Yeah. We need them to see what the track race is like. We want them to see what the track race is like. Um, and we want the drivers to see what the track race is like. We want the fans of that series to see what the track race is like. And so, um, you know, I think there are ways that you can find a, a balance. Um, and if your if your streaming content is good enough, when you when we see something cool on TV, if it's if it's done the right way, you want to see it in person. I haven't seen something. You know, I still want to go to football games. I still want to go to a hockey game. You know, I still want to be there. And I would want to be there less if I never saw any content on mm-hmm. it. And so I would say my, my concern is really just how many streaming services can somebody have and pay for? Because it's just that next thing that's, that's piling up to your yeah. budget. Well, don't worry. It seems like Flow Racing is buying everybody. So, I mean, it's good. I, they're a heck of a deal. Yeah. 
I mean, we watch I, we watch racing at home downstairs about every night. It's on. Yeah. It's just on in the background or whatever. My entire opinion on the whole streaming deal is is molded by conversations with Joe Kaziski and yeah. Racing Hayden. Yeah. And then a little bit of my own personal experience with it of what I want, what I need out of it. Um, Joe was, I, I know that I-80 Speedway was, was against it, but they did it for the big races. Yeah. And they had a really good relationship with one streaming service that I, uh, I want to say half the streaming, that they were able to track people purchased for that specific race. If you right. only bought the Silver Dollar Nationals and you didn't have a subscription to the rest of the service, then you got X amount of, you, you got half that amount that they paid for those races. And that was a good deal for, for Joe. He said, no, that was, I liked that deal. Because yes, I would have made more money if they would have came to the grandstands and they would have bought a beer and, and, and been in the concession stand. We'd have made more money that way. But a majority of these people probably weren't going to be able to come anyways. Yeah. Uh, Eagle was basically the same thing where the year, I believe it was the COVID year, they uh, they ran their own streaming service. And I was really surprised at the end of it to find out that they believed that they had a diminishing ticket sales towards the end of the year. And the amount of money that they paid for the service and the parts and everything, they, they ended up losing money on the whole deal. So the next year they didn't do it. And then Advantage Racing came around. And, and now it's we're going into our second year with that. Uh, so there's an area of handling streaming. They really liked my point there. Yes, yeah, I, I know. Uh, there is a um, there's an area that you have to play within that you can make streaming work for you. And, and to Counts your point, custom guys. I to your point, I think that racing is is streaming proof. If I want to go out and experience that excitement, that noise, that smell, yeah. Um, every day of the week, I will watch an NFL game on TV. Yeah. Because I think the coverage is better. I'm better informed with the announcers and the broadcasts and the analysis and the replays and, the, and this and that. that. But there is an element to going to a Chiefs game that I do love. But uh, you don't get that at dirt racing. You, you can get the same experience at dirt racing with an earphone and listening to the radio chatter or scanner or something like that. Uh, but you can't replicate that experience at the racetrack. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. What we're going to try to do this year, we'll probably have some streaming availability on our some of our specials, our bigger shows. Um, the weekly stuff, uh, we're going to get a camera, and I'm just going to have those recorded, and then I'll put those on a YouTube page later in the week because because I I do think in the long run the the more accessible you are in those ways, um, the more connected fans can be to the drivers and, and what's going on and, and really filling the stands is, is a lot of that I think is people being able to actually connect and live vicariously mm -hmm. through drivers that they choose to like for one, for one reason or another because that's all we're doing in this business is like we're I live through my camera I live vicariously through people that are out there doing it yeah well you know? and even the opposite even the drivers they want to hate yeah yeah. You know, and of course, Dale Earnhardt Sr. said it best. I don't care if they boo me or clap, as long as they acknowledge me. Noise is valuable. Let's talk a little bit more about Shelby County Speedway. You guys yeah. have uh, released your tentative 2023 schedule. People can go on to Shelby County Speedway, I don't Speedway, even know what, what you actually have right now. I have a finished graphic. It's got one, it's got one typo on it that's kind of, I, I don't even want to put it out with the typo that's on there, it's, and one way it's not a big deal, but the other 
like it just can't go out because yeah. it's going to spread too far too fast. But right. you guys got a big race coming up in a couple of weeks, weather permitting. Judging by all the conversations we've had with drivers so far this weekend, it sounds like you guys are going to have a big weekend. Uh, yeah, we hope so. I mean, we're we're definitely in a position right now that, I mean, we're kind of hoping for a miracle weather-wise um, because what's happening in Harlan right now is like, the ground is still frozen. Really? Right. There's a little bit of mud on the surface, but every night we're, for a, for a stretch of time now, every single night, we get below freezing over and over and over and over and over again. So the water's not turned on at the facility um, for that reason. There was, uh, um, we were there for a meeting last week, and we went out to the track, uh, Milo and I and Doug went out to the track, went to look at the concession stand, that's the new concession building that's being built out front, some changes with the buildings in the pit, the pit area uh, to help people out, and there's still snow on the track. Not much, but there's still snow up against, packed up against the wall. Just like we talked about, it's raining in Carroll, Iowa. Well, it's not raining in Harlan. That's two yeah. different towns that they're a ways apart. Uh, in Omaha, there's very little snow left. It's, yeah. it's mostly melted away. Uh, I just talked to a guy over here that in uh, Des Moines, Saturday night, uh, March 11th, they got six inches of snow. Yeah. And we probably got that much over the day, but none of it stuck because the ground is warmer up here. Well, yeah. and half of it was rain. Yeah. So it's the facility, you know, this, this continuing weather trend this way, we, we look at, we get, I think um, you see the high temperature that day. It's like, it's going to be 55 degrees. And it's like, we're racing. And it's yeah. like, what they don't tell you is like, it's going to be 55 degrees for two minutes, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then 90% of the day, it's going to be 34 degrees. Yeah. And that, that's just what you get this time of year. And, um, the track is really hard to keep in a raceable condition when the weather's like that, or you're just coming out of frost, or you still have frost deep in the ground, or it's it's a mess. It can well, be a mess. You get the soft spots, and the the two worst places on the track again are where you're under braking, going into one, under three. That's where the holes show up. You're not going to get them under acceleration, but you know once you get them at the beginning of the year, it's hard to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we, we are looking forward to those, those two weekends. Um, it's an opportunity for us to get, if it works out and, and the weather does what we want it to do, it's an opportunity for us to get the 305s in there, uh, which we're really excited about. And I think 305 drivers are really excited about that as well, the race saver. Um, and then uh, the Dirt Crown. Obviously, we're excited about the Dirt Crown and everything that they've got going on and trying to be a good host to that series and then the following weekend the awakening and the awakening part two um having a malvern bank double header with slmr and the malvern bank 360s both nights um that's that's a big deal so do i feel strongly that you know april 6th and 7th or 7th and 8th 7th and 8th um that those dates will will work out yeah i'm I am nervous about the 31st and the 1st. I will say that yeah. for sure. I, by the way, just a little bit of a side note, talking about doing things different. This is the most unique uh, race poster I have ever seen. <laughs> there's, so, there's a format to doing a race poster. Yeah, there this is. This is not it. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. I yeah. really like that it's different because it caught my eye. And I was like, "Is it, are they doing like a horror night at, at, at Shelby County Speedway? Putting up a big screen in the infield. 
<laughs> we so um, last year when we did when we were attempting to resurrect the Tiny Lund Memorial. Yeah, I'd found uh, this old actual poster from from the first Tiny Lund Memorial, which is like in South Carolina. It's the track that he was most recently. He was track champion the previous year, um, and there it had that big block style lettering, just like stock car race. Mm-hmm. That's all it said, and so. That post, when we put up that poster, which uh, Dre at Underdog did that for me, um, that got insane traction. It was shared so much, and I thought that's got to be because part of this is because of the look of the poster. Yeah. And so um, it's hard to come up with a name for an event because it's the king of this, or it's mm-hmm. the clash of that, or it's the battle of this. Again, there's a format to naming your yes. race. Yes, and it's like, I feel like when you design a race poster, it, you get the first, and it's like, busier, Yeah. busier. It's like the more cowbell. Needs to be busier. Yep. Needs to be busier. Needs to be busier. And so it's like, <laughs> how, can we, how can we kind of make our event images, you know, a little bit different? Yeah. So I, some I people have- don't like it at all. Some people I, are okay with it. I like it. I, I, I had this uh, long conversation every single year with Joe Kaziski when coming up with the uh, Silver Dollar Nationals advertising. Yeah. I'm like, Joe, we got 30 seconds. <laughs> Inevitably, we'd finish the commercial, and he's like, damn, we got to add that the sport mods are racing for 750 to win. And I'm like, no. Yeah. There's no more time. And he's like, we'll just speed up the talking. I'm like, we already did to include that the modifieds are racing for 1250 to win. Right. Now I got to add this. There's too much information, which you have to have. I'm not dogging on that part of it, but. <laughs> Then all of a sudden, you're when you're including everything to make sure that the sport mod fans know, that the sport mod drivers know, that the uh, crew members know. When you're including everything, it's too busy. Yeah, way too busy. And the, like Malvern Bank, they have uh, like they have their own image poster for that event. Yeah, we'll share that. We'll do like there'll be other things that we share, but it's I want drivers at. Shelby County or, or anybody I'm involved with, you know, like Tyler came and, fi- and finally got his trophy, right? For mm-hmm. that, that, that's been a long, long process. But I want these drivers to feel like they're racing for something. And, and, and it's easy to get that when you pay $100,000 to win or $50,000 to win. Like, obviously, you're racing yeah. for something. But if you don't have that kind of budget and you don't have that kind of cachet or you don't have that kind of touring series or whatever, how can I make guys that are the weekend warriors and girls that are weekend warriors doing this stuff, how can, I, how can we get them to feel really special about showing up and that they're racing for something that means yeah. something? So naming and imagery and all that stuff, it's, it's a big part of plays into the emotional side of it for the drivers, I think. I, I want to talk about the Tiny Lund. Um, <laughs> you, you guys opened up a can of worms uh, because you did a lot of things really, really well leading up to it. You added money to the purse. You came up with cool, unique trophies. You uh, changed up the formats a little bit. You added some different classes. A uh, couple of months removed, what are the conversations like for the Tiny Lund 2023? Well, number one, the you know we brought this. I've said this a hundred times. We brought in the sprint cars because we we desperately wanted to see what would the race savers do on our track. You know, could, what, what kind of show could they put on? Um, Without the intention to say, we're, we're running sprint cars now at the Tiny Lund, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. We, we gave the Tiny Lund back to our weekly classes this year, our chase to the championship, we're calling that, for our weekly classes. So that we want them to, that's their big special weekend. Um, we, uh, 
What did you just ask me? What uh, what changes have you guys made? In oh, for this year. Yeah. Well, so you've given it back to the weekly classes. We give it back to the weekly classes because we do having that many classes and that many cars spread over that many classes is clearly, you know, that was yeah. nuts. That was nuts. It, it was the same problem I ran into with the final Cornhusker Classic. There's just no way that you can you could you'll tell them. I'm sorry, we have yeah. too many cars in your class. You're not welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah. So then there, it becomes a, a, a it's going to be very difficult to get the show done by midnight, 1 a.m. We were incredibly lucky at I 80 that we stayed green for a lot of the racing. That we didn't have, uh, we had maybe a handful of red flags, a couple of cautions. It was pretty simple. Yeah. So um, Gary Hop invested in having, if you saw the pit map that has been floating around, invested in having the pits. GPS mapped, and so now we know we've got two versions of our pits. One is like one is here's here's a standard pit layout and how many cars and trailers at what lengths and what spaces we can fit mm-hmm. um, for organizational purposes. And then we have another one that's like if we have that type of car count again, we're going to be far better prepared for it. Yeah. So that was a that was a huge part of it. Um, those those are probably honestly the biggest things as far as just you know, who's going to be in what place and who can handle what job when it, when it really gets crazy like that. Because you, you find out quick um, what people and what positions can handle things when yep. it's water's coming over the side. Shelby County Speedway scheduled to kick off their season Friday, March 31st, April 1st for the Awakening 1, and then they'll be back the following weekend, April 7th and 8th. Been almost talking to you for an hour. I can't believe he hasn't needed a bathroom break. I need one. I don't know if you saw me squirming over here, but my second Mountain Dew and third Gatorade bottle of water is really catching up to me now. You're not, I mean, you're drinking like you don't have to go to the bathroom. Well, I mean, right now it doesn't affect me for the, until like, this round. It's going to affect me in a half an hour. We're yeah. trying to get done with Rob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Brown, uh, make sure to follow Shelby County Speedway Harlan, Iowa, and Chris Brown Motorsports Marketing on Facebook. Uh, you're always welcome on the show, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, it's uh, racescs.com for Shelby County Speedway. Uh, website, yes. My website's back up again, so that's chrisbrownmm.com, and then I'm on Chris Brown Motorsports Marketing uh, on Facebook. But, yeah, I'll be around shooting, and have a, now without I-80, we've got some Friday night stuff that we can do with our time. Yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely try to hit quite a few uh, Friday night races when you guys have your specials at Shelby County Speedway. Uh, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Make sure to take care of Quaker Steak and Luby Council Bluffs. When that belly grumbles, nothing will uh, satisfy the urge like uh, a steak, a burger, wings, and pizza at Quaker Steak and Lube. Wash it all down with a nice cold beer. Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs. Looking for financial advice? RickHavenRidgeAdvice.com is your website. Rick Havenridge, longtime racer in the area, yep. uh, longtime postal service worker. Uh, and recently retired. Recently retired. And he is going full bore with financial advice with Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today, RickHavenRidgeAdvice.com. And then, uh, of course, uh, Taylor Computers and Repair. You need an upgrade. You need a repair. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. And thanks to Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs for our continued title sponsorship. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been The Front Stretch.
Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. 